Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Derek, I must say, after the Patriots beat the Steelers 33-3, I wrote them off, but they've had quite the resurgence. Yeah, Liam, and if we see you again, then we definitely have a chance at beating y'all. I wouldn't go that far. Alright, boys and girls, back with me today is the man of Pittsburgh Steel himself, Mr. Derek Perillo. You like that Man of Steel reference? Superman right there. On today's episode, Derek's Pittsburgh Steelers have a resurgence, the Texans continue to be the Texans, and the Browns fall even further. We begin today with the college football playoff. Two weeks ago, the committee announced their four. LSU, the SEC champions, Ohio State, the Big Ten champions, Clemson, the ACC champions, and Oklahoma, the Big 12 champions that were aided by losses from both Georgia and Utah in their respective championship games. Derek, do you believe this committee got it right? Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't really see any way that you could argue against their rankings. I mean, based off of the regular season, you have LSU that had a bunch of major wins this season, notably over Alabama, of course. <laughs> um, Ohio State, obviously, one of the best teams. They're always the best. Clemson, a little unproven. I know my brother, personally, thinks they're a little overhyped. But honestly, I think they're also a fantastic team. And Oklahoma, I mean, I see no way that you could put any other team other than Oklahoma in at that four spot, especially considering Utah lost to Oregon, who had not the greatest season. And then Baylor, perhaps they had their chance twice, but they blew it, sadly. And, uh, yeah, Georgia, not great offense. So I think I think they got it perfect for once. Well, first of all, I actually disagree with the fact about Oregon because – they're playing in the Rose Bowl, Derek. So they didn't ex- they didn't really have a bad season. But to answer the question, playing in the Pac-12. Yeah. Okay. Two of the top ten teams in the country are in the Pac-12 in Utah and Oregon. Okay. But to answer the question, how else could what else are you gonna do? I mean, I think that LSU is the best team in the country, and whether or not they're gonna win, I'm gonna talk on that later. But they were the best regular season team in the country. Ohio State got off to a rocky start against Wisconsin, but boy, did they rebound. Clemson, your brother has a point in thinking that they're overhyped, but that being said, who won last year? Clemson. Exactly. That's why That's why they can come out of nowhere to win, even though they haven't really played anybody big yet. And then Oklahoma, the quarterback dynasty continues, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. But, however... Neither Mayfield nor Murray had any success in the college football playoffs, so I'll find it interesting to see how Hurts does against LSU, who, by the way, he did face a couple of times at Alabama. Yeah, honestly, speaking of rankings, I think the biggest tragedy is the fact that uh, UVA is still ranked just so they can put him in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> That's a whole different story. Guess so. A whole different story. Well, hopefully this year's playoff is far more entertaining than last year. Hey, it, it's a pretty low bar. It's a pretty low bar. <laughs> True that. Over this week, reports have came out about multiple Cleveland Browns reportedly wanting out. Among these players are star wide receivers Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, and the former has had difficulty getting the ball from Baker Mayfield this year. Amid all of their preseason hype, the Browns currently sit at 6-8. and eight and need a miracle to make the playoffs. Liam, do you actually believe the Browns are going to make any major trades? I just want to point this out. I saw a big smile on your face as you were reading that. 
Mr. Pittsburgh yeah. Steel. But I think that if the Browns trade all these players, they're fools. But then again, they have made foolish decision after foolish decision in the past couple of years. So it actually would not surprise me if the Browns send Landry or Miles Garrett or I don't think they have Peppers anymore, or one of their young hot shots away. Be- because if I have learned anything about the Cleveland Browns this year in particular, it is that they are arrogant snobs. They just are. Into that. And that being said, they need a... If they don't fire Freddie Kitchens after this year, what are they doing? I mean, how do you let a team with that talent go 6-8? and eight? And... They've had their moments to see, like, they somehow went into Baltimore and won 40-25 to before Lamar Jackson became Lamar Jackson, but that's really the only... But what I'm going to take away from this season's Cleveland Browns is that they're the same old Browns. Amen to that. And you, you touched on Frank Kitchens, which I think is the biggest problem as well. And I had seen an article maybe a week or so ago how the Browns were actually planning on staying with Kitchens after he has shown complete ineptitude on the head coach level with the Cleveland Browns. As he said, wasting the talent reminds me a bit about um, the Cowboys, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they lost Odell, even though I I have seen something that said he was, those were just rumors. Oh yeah, so so did I. Do you honestly believe those reports? And I'm, I'm going to make this right clear. Uh, way back 16 weeks ago now, when Ethan Tuckman and I were sitting down and going through the NFL, our NFL predictions, we both had the Browns in the AFC Championship game. Tuck went as far as to put the Browns in the Super Bowl. We wow. could not have been more wrong. Yeah, I would not have said that if I was there. Well, if you talk about a team that's full of themselves, look no further than the Cleveland Browns. Derek, in a Week 14 game between the Browns and Bengals, New England Patriots worker was caught videotaping the Bengals' sideline. The worker has since claimed he didn't know what he was doing. Rubbish. The Patriots have since fired the reporter. Derek, we don't remember it well, but we know the Patriots' spygate history. So is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty torn about the whole issue because, as you know, I'm not a big Patriots fan at all. So I think because it's the Patriots, it, it has become a bigger deal than it would with, it, with another team. But also the actions were obviously inexcusable. And the fact that they were caught doing with the Bengals implies that they're probably doing with other teams because honestly the Bengals are probably, I mean, probably are the worst team in the whole league. And so it doesn't make sense for them just to be um, videotaping only the Bengals. So it makes sense that it could be a bigger thing, but... I don't know, maybe we have to take the reporter's word. Oh, it, it absolutely makes sense that it's a bigger thing, because this is the Bengals we're talking about. And to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if some bloke that worked for the Patriots was disguised during Buffalo's game against your Pittsburgh Steelers last week. So that being said, it's a big deal. Not only because it's the Patriots, but because this videotaping scandal has... Had a sec- has had a previous story this year 
in that the Houston Astros. In 2017, Stealing Steins is on their way to a World Series championship. And, personally, I think that if the Astros' evidence proves to be too much, they should have their World Series title strip. So, why shouldn't the Patriots have their Super Bowl strip? I know that's really hard for me to say as a Patriots fan, but... We're, the Patriots are just a mess right now. I really... Yeah. And they got a big game this afternoon against Buffalo, so we'll see. It's a big deal, nonetheless. Indeed, indeed. Well, the Astros did do some spying, but now your team is doing it too, Liam. My Pittsburgh Steelers started out 1-4 and four and then went on a 7-1 and one stretch, quite impressive, that got them to 8-5. and five. However, in last week's game against the Bills... Duck Hodges, who provided a spark since the benching of Rudolph, threw four interceptions in a 17-10 victory in which the Bills got. The Bills' victory. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, coach of the year, has since stated that Hodges will remain the starter this week against the Jets. Liam, do you think this is the right call? Well, it depends on if Duck Duck Hodges can make the Jets his goose. (laughs) Yeah, it's good, right? I got it from Michael Wilbon. Okay, so, if you look at how the Steelers have done since Duck Hodges came into the lineup in that game against the Browns, they had been doing well up until the, the Buffalo game last week. Primetime game, Buffalo needed a win to stay alive in the AFC East race. However, Hodges should definitely remain the starter. Because, after the whole Miles Garrett incident, I am not certain that Mason Rudolph has the same confidence that he had going into that that game against the Browns. I think that now that he know now that he is living with that, he is not doing as well. And that being said, Hodges is the right choice. Yeah, I agree with you about the being shaken up thing. I mean, when you're when you're picking between Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, you're already in a bad spot, right? So all the Steelers really need to do is have a quarterback that can at least be half-competent for, like, three-quarters of the game <laughs> game, and let the defense do the rest of the work. So Minka think, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick, for sure. He's carrying. Um, but, yeah, I think Duck Hodges, I mean, he's the best we got, and so we should be sticking with him. By the way, I'm most impressed with the rebound, and... Should play some Duck Duck Goose with Duck Hodges one day. Mm-hmm. Alright, one week after beating the Patriots, the Houston Texans found themselves down 38-3 to home against the Denver Broncos. They went on to lose that game 38-24, to though last week in a crucial game, they went into Tennessee and won 24-21, claiming sole possession in first place in the AFC South. Derek, the Texans are playing right now and they could potentially wrap up the division this week, but... Over the past three weeks, we've seen the same old Houston Texans. So do you think we can say they are legit contenders? Eh, I mean, honestly, as a longtime Texans fan, as well as being a Steelers fan, I never give myself too much hope about this team. And so the fact that they lost to Denver basically just confirms all my worst thoughts about them in that they will not be able to win must-win games, and even though it was the Broncos, that was a must-win game for them, and they lost. And now this week they're playing against the Buccaneers, who you never know what Jameis Winston's going to pull out, probably going to have 500 yards against them. And at the time of this recording, 
Jameis Winston had already thrown his first interception on the opening drive. Which pick is six. Basically a pick six even, yeah, so it's basically a death sentence for any team playing against the Buccaneers. So, honestly, I really, I, I would like to have hope in these Texans, but I don't, I don't see them getting far in the playoffs if they make it. Uh, I also would like to have hope because they are my second favorite team, but I don't see any hope because we all remember what happened last year to Deshaun Watson in the playoffs at home, a game they absolutely should have been able to win against the Indianapolis Colts, 21-7. Oh, it's 10-0 Texans now, but and it's just, I find it unfathomable that the Texans are going to be able to make a run, even if J.J. Watt comes back, which... Could definitely rejuvenate them, but I just don't see it happening. And he's looking something up on the computer right now. No, 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 no. I was. <laughs> Alrighty, it's time to play in I'm your shoes, where we'll be placing the figurative shoes of an important figure in a revolving topic. We'll start with this, Derek. If you're a 49ers fan, does last week's upset loss to the Falcons concern you? Well, this actually deals with what I was looking up, because I was looking at the 49ers injury report, because that the loss itself to the Falcons doesn't concern, wouldn't concern me, because the Falcons, they're, they, I mean, they have the players there, I mean, they still have Julio Jones, arguably the best receiver in the, in the whole league, but 49ers are dealing with some injuries, they have Patrick Sherman, or not Patrick Sherman, sorry, Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman. Um, multiple linemen as well that are injured. So I'd honestly, that would concern me going into the playoffs, especially when the team has lost a couple really close games to the other top teams. So I would be mildly concerned. Uh, I would be very concerned because taking a look at the standings, they are currently, despite the fact that they're 11-3, and three, as are three other NFC teams, this is going to be fun to watch, they have... The Rams this week, which is never an easy task. But then, oh then, then, guess where they get to go, Derek? Where are they going? Seattle. With the number one seed in the NFC on the line. Had the 49ers been able to beat the Falcons, they would have been in prime position to keep the pressure on the Seahawks this week in particular. As this, No, wait, there is no pressure on them. They played the Cardinals at home. Had the 49ers been able to win had the 49ers been able to win last week, they could have gone into Seattle with all the mojo and find a way to upset them, but I don't see that happening. I don't. And I'm looking at the other eleven and three teams. The Packers play the Vikings. It wouldn't surprise me if the Packers lose that game, even though I think they'll win. And the Saints have at Titans, which I think the Titans can win. I don't think they will, but they can. The 49ers lost to the Falcons is very concerning, only, only, in terms of playoff positioning. Alright, next up, if you're Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, do you consider Monday night's duel with Minnesota as a make-or-break game for the Packers? It has to be a make-or-break game, because the last time the Packers went on the road to face an elite team on primetime television, they got embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers. And not only are the Vikings 10-4 uh, and four and only a game behind them, they're in the same division. And I don't know who won I'm going to look up who won the first matchup between them now because 
if the Vikings won the first matchup, then that's trouble. Alright, Green Bay Packers 2019 schedule. Again, I'm looking up who won their first matchup. Let's see. The game's in Minnesota, by the way. Alright, so in their first matchup, the Packers beat the Vikings 21-16 at Lambeau Field. However, I am not certain the Packers are going to beat the Vikings tomorrow night. And it is going to create huge implications for Week 17. And the Packers have at Detroit in Week 17. Let's see who the Vikings have. The Vikings in Week 17... Have home against the Bears, who will be playing for pride at that point. So, that being said, if the Packers win tomorrow night, or Monday night, excuse me, it makes their season. But if they lose, their fate is up to chance. Yeah, I agree with you there. I feel like the Packers really could use a statement win here today because... Monday. Been, or Monday, rather, this weekend. Um, well, I guess that's in the week. You know what I mean? Because the Packers, despite their numbers looking good on paper with their with their um, with their amount of wins they got, they really don't have that many impressive victories. I mean, the only one looking at their schedule that you could say was a really solid victory was against the Chiefs, and even the Chiefs aren't as strong as we saw them last. They didn't game. have Mahomes that game either, and they didn't have Mahomes. I mean, this is a Packers team that's lost to the Chargers. Let's just take a second to let that sit in. Packers lost to the Chargers last week. They, the Bears came close, but they, the Bears fumbled it away in classic Bears fashion when they had a chance. Um, they had a close game against the Redskins. I mean, this is not a great team when I look at it, and I really don't see them being able to go much far in the playoffs. So I feel like they really need a win here to prove to the doubters like myself that they're a legit team. Well, they do have Aaron Rodgers. Keep that in mind. Next, here Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers. If you're Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, you fire. <laughs> Excuse me, Jason Garrett. If the Cowboys lose to the Eagles tomorrow, I mean honestly, I would fire Jason Garrett if they won or if they lost. I feel like he is really holding that team back, and the fact that Jerry Jones has kept with him for how many years it's been? Like maybe like seven or eight. I no, think. longer than that. Longer than that, yeah. I, <laughs> the fact that he's still kept with him despite the Cowboys having no real success. Is honestly a shame for any Cowboys fans, and I think Garrett and his collapse need to leave the sidelines. Oh, I would have fired Jason Garrett years ago if I was Jerry Jones, but clearly, I, I don't. If the Cowboys make the playoffs this year, I have a gut feeling that Jerry Jones is going to stick with Jason Garrett. I do. I don't know why, but if I've learned anything from from owners like Jerry Jones and in the NBA, James Dolan, it's that they are arrogant snobs that are so egotistical that they're afraid of admitting they did something wrong. So, I don't really have a sense of belief that Jerry Jones will fire Jason Garrett, but if I was Jason Jones, Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett would have been gone a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Great movie, by the way. Oh, you seen it? Yeah, it was great. Okay, I'm looking forward to seeing it soon. Last one. If you're Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Pace, do you fire Matt Nagy after a thoroughly disappointing season? No, but I'll tell you what I would do. If I'm Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Pace, I am trading up in the draft to draft Justin Herbert 
Tua even, Joe Burrows, someone of that entourage, because Mitch Trubisky stinks. Mitch Trubisky's holding the Chicago Bears back from being truly great. The Bears easily could have made a Super Bowl run this year if they had had a more competent quarterback. But, alas, they don't. Look where we are right now. So, you can't fire Matt Nagy. You need to fire Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I agree with you about firing Mitch Trubisky. It's the classic uh, sunken cost fallacy where they feel like they have to keep with him because they did so much just to get him, but he really is just not great. I mean, if, if any of the listeners out there ever go on the uh, NFL subreddit, then they will see that Mitch Trubisky is often the butt of a lot of jokes there. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the Bears are kind of showing the same thing that the um, the Jaguars showed just a little while back about how having a great defense is not a sustainable and having a terrible offense is not a sustainable model for success in the NFL. I mean, we had Saxonville, and now look at them. They're a pathetic team. And honestly, it's a miracle the Bears have as many wins as they do. I have no, I'm surprised every time I see they win. And so, yeah, I think they definitely need to do some change, I'd be it with Matt Nagy or Trubisky. Hey, Trubisky drafted ahead of both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Fifty years ago today, December 21st, legendary coach Vince Lombardi coached his final game for the Packers. As you know, the Super Bowl trophy is named in the great Lombardi's honor. Twenty-two years ago, Monday, December 23rd, NHL great Jerry Curry... Jerry Curry. Jerry Curry, sorry, you can tell I don't watch NHL, scored his 600th career goal. Curry is best known as being the number two guy on the four Wayne Gretzky-led Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup teams of the 1980s. Eleven years ago, Christmas Day, Phil Jackson became the sixth head coach to win a thousand NBA games. Despite the train wreck Phil Jackson's Knicks have become now, he did coach the legendary Michael Jordan-led Bulls, along with the Lakers in the Kobe era. That is truly moving right. Oh, truly moving right here. Nineteen years ago, Friday, December 27th, after over three years of rehab from cancer and injuries, Mario Lemieux scored a goal and two assists in his return game. Lemieux, of course, is one of the greatest of all time. Hey, you pronounced it right. Great job. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for an extended edition of Who You Got. We'll start with the five, count them, five NBA on Christmas games. The first of which is a matchup between my Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors north of the border. Derek, will my green, will, will my boys that bleed green have a holly jolly Christmas? Oh, honestly, I feel like the Celtics will win, but just because they're from Boston, I'm gonna pick the Raptors oh for this one. God. Oh I God. think Boston's gonna not have a great Christmas. You know, um, you know, technically I'll be in Providence for this game, but I'm just gonna disregard everything you said and <laughs> just point out that even with Hayward and Smart hurt. The fact that Kemba Walker, our number one player, had only two points last night. We still managed to beat a decent Detroit Pistons team by 20 points, Derek. You hear that? 20 points. I, I hear you. I Taco hear you. Fall coming in at the end of the game. Five points, five minutes. How do you like them apples? Goodwill hunting. Celtics are winning on Christmas. It's going to be a great day. And as to why they'll win, I think Toronto's just overrated. I do. 
their record proves it says otherwise, but I think that come playoff time and in matchups like this against big teams, we're going to see the the whole th- the whole that is Kawhi Leonard show. Yeah, they're definitely not the team they were last year. Second up, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks travel to face Joel Embiid in the 76ers. Liam, who's winning this battle? So in the past two games for the 76ers, they have hosted uh, the Miami Heat, and they've hosted the Dallas Mavericks, and both times they've been stifled by a 2-3 defense for their first two home losses of the seasons, the second of which they got booed throughout the game, which was music to my ears, and the Bucks are going to do the same. I believe that they're going to set up in a 2-3 zone defense, even though zone defense technically isn't allowed because of the three seconds in the paint defensive three-second rule, and to be honest... The Bucks are just a better team. If the Bucks don't come out of the East, I will be very surprised. Giannis Antetokounmpo is playing at an MVP level again, and the loss of Brogdon hurts, but it hasn't hurt them yet. I've got Milwaukee. Yeah, I agree with you there. Honestly, I, I really like what I'm seeing from the Bucks this year, and I truly hope from the bottom of my heart that they're able to win the championship this time. And who knows, maybe uh, Embiid will have another zero-point game. Hopefully, hopefully. Wouldn't that be something? Alright, now we go for the three games out west. Where the Houston Rockets will dis- visit the disappointing Golden State Warriors. Derek, this game doesn't have much appeal as it was expected to. Doesn't have much as, doesn't have as much appeal as it was expected to. But nonetheless, who you got? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Rockets. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I never would have guessed to see the Warriors where they are now in the standings, but I am happy to see it. So am I. Um, the Rockets hopefully should have no problem. Harden will have another beast game. It'll be a good day to be in the H. And, you know, I'll be in the Providence, Rhode Island that day, so. And I've got the Rockets. I mean, come on. Who's going to guard James Harden, especially with the guys they're sending out right now? D'Angelo Russell? Don't think so. Rockets are winning this game. Alright. The marquee game on Christmas. The second battle of LA of the season will take place between the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers won on opening night, Liam. Will history repeat itself? History will... I'm having a hard time deciding. Because if you look at the paper, on paper... The Lakers and Clippers are both really, really, really good teams, but the fact that the Clippers won the first game is making me swing to the Lakers winning the second game. I feel like this season is going to be split 2-2. I think that if they were to play in the playoffs, it would go to seven games. But yeah, the Lakers are going to win. Yeah, I agree with you on the Lakers. I mean, they did have that crazy win streak, but looking at the... Looking at them right now, they have lost their last two games, so maybe a bit of that fire has been dampened. So I think the the Clippers could take it, but I got LeBron all the way. All right, so this is the last Christmas game game. Also a game with little appeal. The Zion Williamson-less Pelicans traveled to Denver to face the Nuggets, Derek. So who you got? Uh, I don't think that the Pelicans have a chance. I'm just going to say the Nuggets. I don't think they do either. I don't think they need much... uh, while we're talking about the Pelicans, let's touch on this. The fact that Jalen Rose, among others, have stated that Zion Williamson is unable to play in full 82-game season, Derek. Do you agree? 
it definitely seemed like that. Yeah, I, I think it would be a miracle if he played the full season. Um, and at, at his weight, playing the point guard is just—it's just not gonna work. If he's gonna, if he's gonna be able to play an eighty-two game season, he needs to lose some weight. And don't get me wrong, he's a, he would be a force of nature if he's able to stay healthy for eighty-two games, but I don't think he can. Yeah, definitely not. Enough with all this basketball. We got two more. The first playoff game in the CFB playoffs is the Peach Bowl um, from Atlanta between number one LSU and number four Oklahoma. Liam, who's it going to be? I've got the Tigers. I believe that we've seen time after time this year LSU come through in the big time, especially against Alabama, UT, Auburn, Georgia. They're undefeated for a reason, Derek. Joe Burrows won the Heisman for a reason. But the fact that a Heisman, in the past the Heisman winner has rarely won the college football playoff has a little bit of concern for me, but I've got LSU. Who you got? Mm, I think it's going to be really close, but I, mean, I, I think it will be LSU. But I would not be surprised if Oklahoma was able to... Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. I feel like Jalen Hurts really has something to prove. And can you imagine the storyline if he was able to transfer into Oklahoma and then win it all? Oh, wow. Against beating the number one LSU squad. Wouldn't that. Now, wouldn't that be. Great teams. Wouldn't that be something? Ever had. I yep. don't know. I think he's going to play hungry, and I think it'll be an incredibly tight match to watch, but I will say LSU. All right, last one. The second playoff game is the Fiesta Bowl from Glendale, Arizona. Between number two, Ohio State, and number three, Clemson. Derek, who wins this one? Oh, man. This one's going to be close, but you know what? I'm going to say I'm gonna say Clemson, actually. I think people Aww. are sleeping on what Clemson has to offer. And, I mean, honestly, I feel like this season, with all the, the big headlines, I think that Clemson has kind of been flying under the radar, especially after they have that close game to um, Carolina. UNC. Yeah, UNC. But, you know... People are forgetting that Clemson is one of the greatest teams for a reason, and, you know, I think they're going to come in there and shock Ohio State and win it. You know, I made a little bit of a sad face when you said Clemson, and that's because I was hoping we'd disagree. But I have Clemson, too. Uh, they won the national championship for a reason, and because they've been so ignored by the media this year, I think that Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine, if you know that reference from Remember the Titans, is going to come in fire. Oh, by the way, rest in peace, Herman Boone, the oh, legendary yeah. coach of uh, the T.C. Williams Titans from the 1970s that defied race has passed away. So rest in peace, Herman Boone. You've inspired a great movie for us. Thank you. But And to answer the question, Clemson's going to win. Yeah, well, that's all we have today, folks. I am Derek Perlow. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Derek for joining the show again today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Fulker Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. We are off next week. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will see you in 2020.